Hey, welcome to Harmonics Podcast, everybody. I'm being told that my mic sounds terrible. How about you, Fish? Mine sounds good. Oh, good. Convenient. Conveniently <laughs> good. My mic sounds fine. Yep, me. It's just me. So I'll refrain from talking for the rest of the podcast. Good. <laughs> Double convenient. Oh. I think Nick just lied to you and told you that your mic was broken. Yeah. <laughs> Classic diddles. <laughs> uh, so we got a, we got a good uh, economy size group this this week. We each, almost each of us, get a get a mic. You guys have to share one. We Times got Fish tough. McGill. <laughs> Hello. We got Aaron Trites. Hey, Christine Jajro. Hey. And Jezebrazalo. <laughs> Roar. Yep. Jezebrazazza. <laughs> Jezebrazazza. Not that one. Five of Brooks. Jezebrazazza. I don't know what happened, but in the last since since our last podcast, I've gone the Steve Brule, gone down the Steve uh, Brule rabbit hole really heavily. Don't it's the best it. thing. Have any of you watched Tim and Eric? Awesome show. Great job. No. Yes. I've seen one. It's a really weird yeah. show. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So I, I think it's like 50% excellent and 50% of it just grosses me out. They do a lot of like weird stuff with food. <laughs> like just close-ups on gross food things. A lot of like weird, awkward staring in the cameras. But People chewing and spitting things out over When it's again. good, it's great. And one of their characters played by John C. Riley, Hollywood megastar, uh, is Dr. Steve Brule, and he's just this amazing... It's got, like, Fish McGill hair, but, like, times five. Yeah, yeah. And he's just... Very dumb. cable he's, access Yes, he does, like, quality. a cable access show called Check It Out, or For Your Health, or Isn't That Cool? <laughs> uh, and it's a great, great show. <laughs> I, I agree. I've been watching the yeah. videos with Highly you recommend it. They're in little bite-sized clips, so he'll give you little health tips. Like, uh... You got smelly armpits? Smell under your armpits? Put some vinegar on Just it, dummy. Just put some vinegar on it, you dummy. For why, did, why didn't you think of that? <laughs> Does it work? <laughs> you sound like you've tried that. Next question. <laughs> People do that with uh, coffee pots. Fill it with vinegar to get the... Uh, yeah, you brew. Yeah, it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah you run it through awful, the... Yeah, it's awful. Not put coffee pots under their armpits. Yeah, that's yeah. What I meant. You might cut yourself um, John C. Riley, yeah, um, Hollywood actor, yep. star of Megastar. star of um, the Dewey Cox story. I was yeah. thinking Walk Cirque de Freak, Chicago, and Step Brothers. I was I was thinking of a thematically appropriate movie for the episode <laughs> of Chicago recording. Oh, yeah, and boy. Step Brothers, Chicago. He's yeah. also okay. in Boogie Nights. <laughs> Boogie Nights has some great, yeah. yeah. Uh, so what we're alluding to at the topic is <laughs> tiptoeing around. We thought it would be fun uh, if we stopped pussyfooting around it. Fun to, for us, at least. To talk about uh, our favorite music-related movies. Now, before we get into it, let's get into it. Because you're going to ask, let's get into it, and I can't be there to answer you. Music-related movies. I wanted to make it as broad as possible. So that includes concert films. That includes documentaries, rockumentaries. Mockumentaries. Oh. Movies Regular with just great movies soundtracks. with good soundtracks. Musicals. They don't even have to be about music. So with that said, I'd like to dive into it now, starting with Fish McGill. All right. <laughs> yeah. Fish yeah. energy. Woo! I'm going with one of my hair role models. <laughs> the musician in this duo. Wait, wait, I wanna song. guess it now. Yeah. I wanna guess it now that you said it. Because when I think of your hair roll models, I think of Lindsay Buckingham. <laughs> I immediately think of Art Garfunkel. <laughs> you nailed it. Yeah! Oh. The graduate. Swish. Nice. 
Nice. Oh, man. Great soundtrack. Deep cuts. Not yeah. deep. Deep. Yeah. Classic cuts. Classic, classic, cut. classic cuts. Old cuts. Love that. Yeah, old, <laughs> cold cuts. Cold cuts. Scarborough <laughs> Beach. Scarborough Beach. Oh, uh, that's that's the beach in Rhode Island. <laughs> Scarborough Fair. That was their B-side. <laughs> it was kind of like a surfier <laughs> version. Scarborough Beach. A lot of people with chains on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Mrs. Robinson was the big hit coming yeah. out of that. Spoilers. Sorry. <laughs> For the graduate. Famous line by Dustin Hoffman. Uh, Mrs. Robinson, are you trying to seduce me? She young was. Man, young man, played by Dustin Hoffman, who... At the time, man, what a looker he was. A handsome young man. The movie has some racy parts, too. It does. It holds up pretty well, actually. The part where he's just, like, chilling in the pool, and he, like, jumps onto the raft and immediately cuts to them being in bed together. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, yep. That's how real life works. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Mrs. Robinson was actually the act- well, the actress that played her. She was only, like, five years older than him at the time. Really? Yeah. yeah. You know who she's married to? That ruins the magic Mel- for me. Mel Brooks. Whoa! Really? Wow. To this day? To this day. Good for I everyone think, involved. Actually, she Jeez. passed away, I think. Oh, oh, God. And Bancroft. And Bancroft. That's oh, right. yeah. Yeah. Good movie if you haven't checked it out. It's about a guy who graduates from college. Come on. This is not spoilers. This it's is... called The Graduate. <laughs> 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 it's actually sort of, because this is becoming like a theme nowadays again in movies, is like 20-somethings, they graduate and there's nothing to do. Oh, man. I bet Zach Braff loves yeah, Zach Braff. <laughs> probably loves The Graduate. <laughs> Lena Dunham, too. She's a... Uh, She's the one who writes and directs Girls, which I really like on HBO. She's good. Yeah, but it's basically that. It's like he graduates college and doesn't want to do anything. And that's sort of the backdrop. Bone Except his friends. Bone his friends. <laughs> yep. <laughs> which we can all relate to. Yeah. Sure. I mean, come up. Yeah. Uh, great movie. Good pick, Fish. <laughs> right. Uh, you, you, do you know any other? Is it So the whole soundtrack is by Simon and Garfunkel, right? Yeah. It's yeah. all them. Pretty awesome. Iconic. Not a lot of that at the time, too. That was sort of the beginning of bringing popular current pop hits into movie soundtracks. Before that, it would just be like scores and stuff. Yeah, that was when they were making like movies for young people. Yeah. That was like a new thing. They were just realizing <laughs> that young people liked movies. Yeah. 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 Cool. I like it. All right, Aaron, what you got? Re- revolutionary at the time. I'm uh, I'm going for, this is a softball one. I usually, I, I try to start these lists off. With softballs. With softballs. Uh, <laughs> and then, we can all tell. Yeah. And then it'll get progressively... <laughs> Deeper oh, uh, as the sh- progresses. I gotta go. <laughs> cuts. The cuts are getting deeper. Mm, not helps <laughs> one. Uh, this is Spinal Tap. <laughs> okay, uh, that was on my list too. Yeah, totally like super softball, but completely yeah. obvious movie. <laughs> but it's obvious for a reason. It is still like the absolute high watermark uh, of mockumentaries. Yep. Um, like so perfectly lambasted, like metal culture. And rock in general, yep. um, and they were a really good band. Yep. <laughs> like it did not hurt at all that they wrote and recorded all those songs. They toured, like they they played out, and for like they a fake real band to actually release multiple albums and record <laughs> like music videos. Um, I got to see them at Carnegie Hall in two thousand one. Really? Um, wow! It was super cool. Um, like everything about the movie, like every uh, like every joke is so uh, like just part of the like movie and music cultural consciousness. But speaking of another movie that was way ahead of its time, like so you said it's a mockumentary, which it is, but it's also like so the actors are Christopher Guest, um, Harry Shearer, Harry Shearer, and Michael McKean, and then Rob Reiner uh, plays the plays the documentary director. Yep, he also directed the movie. Yep, is that his first movie? 
Uh, maybe. Near the beginning. Yeah. It's 81, 82, I think. <clears throat> but all of it is that improv-style <laughs> stuff, which Christopher Guest later became famous, yep. double famous for, I guess. Double famous. <laughs> like Waiting for Guffman, Best in Show, Mighty Wind, all that. So it's, I think because of that, it holds up so well. Because, you know, they're not actors, like, delivering lines or whatever. They are uh, very much improvising a lot of it, and it's just so good. So many great jokes in there. Yeah, everyone th- everyone knows the like turn it up to eleven thing. Yeah, or none more black. Like there's so <laughs> there's so much good stuff in the movie. Um, um, I gotta I, ask before you go on, go, Christine. Have or, you seen this movie? I could. Tell. I knew. I, I knew. Could tell. I knew that was gonna come up. So <laughs> <laughs> I have not. It we'll, is on my Netflix list. We'll set up a viewer. Like Nick like throwing things at me. He's right just now. his eyes bulged out of his head. So <laughs> I've never seen it, but. It has been on my list for a while, um, but the problem is that you just gave me a whole list of yeah. other movies I need to see. <laughs> this takes precedence. It's very urgent, yeah. apparently. We could. I, we've done a Spinal Tap viewing in the Star Chamber. I would be up for another one. I, I would do it. I've never. I haven't avoided it. It's just I never saw it. Yeah, it's it's so good. I have always wanted to pitch a panel uh, for PAX or PAX East. Where it's just us, kind of MST3K style, watching Spinal Tap, watching Spinal Tap <laughs> with an audience, Done. and it's so funny. The movie is so funny that I think that that's one of the few things that you could like do a panel like that with with people at an event like PAX for. Yeah, yeah nice intro for a lot of them too. Yeah, that's true. One of the funniest movies of all time. It really is. You can't downplay it. I think you'll be surprised at how funny it is. I'm sure I'll like it. It's just one of those movies that now at this point it's been so long mm-hmm. and I haven't seen it. That I'm afraid that all of the hype mm-hmm. is going to just make me not. I understand. Like it's not going to live up to it. It happens with me a lot with it will. other movies. But I don't want to hype it up even more, but it will definitely <laughs> live up to the hype well, in every way conceivable. For anyone to hype movies coming from you two, I can believe it. Okay. Yeah. So. I feel that way about African Queen. Really? Yeah. Never seen it. Oh, oh about the, the Seems, too much hype. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen it either. Yeah, me neither. Am I so? And but I have a different problem with movies like that because I know, just from like the stills of it that I've seen, I know when you see it, it's gonna be like these terrible sets. It's clearly like on some Hollywood movie set. And wow, like, that stuff really throws me off. The acting, the acting. <laughs> That's the one with Humphrey Bogart. Yep, and, um, and uh, Catherine Hepburn. Catherine. Old old Happy. Old Hep Hep Dog. Old Burn Dog. Yep, Hepatitis. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hepatitis K. <laughs> All right. Christine, what do you got? Uh, I'm also going with the softball for my first one, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Ooh, nice. Love that movie. Um, was watching that probably at too young an age to be... Uh-oh. Aaron's shaking his head. Nope. Should be good. I'm not, not saying good. anything. Um, I was watching that movie far too young for a child to be watching that movie. But uh, my mom and my aunt used to go to like the midnight showings in New York. I think they went to the 10th anniversary. Um so as a small child, they thought it was hilarious to teach me, like, throwing the toast and throwing the rice and yelling out stuff. That's awesome. Because um, it's adorable to watch children do that. Uh, <laughs> but I love the music in the, in the movie. Tim Curry is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, dance sequences are so fun. Time Warp is my favorite. Time Warp is the best. I like the transvestite song. Yes. That, that one, so I also saw it fairly young uh, in, like, you know, backwoods Maine where there's just 0% of any other sort of culture. <laughs> I won't say there's no culture because it has its own specific culture, but to get anything else like that, and like my sister's friend showed it to her. My sister's like six years older than me and I watched it with them. So I was still pretty young at the time and that uh, I didn't 
understand the concept <laughs> yeah. of what a transvestite was. Didn't so have a lot of like, exposure not to goth transvestites. No. <laughs> so I was just like, why? Man. Why is he wearing under women's underwear? <laughs> I don't understand. Why does he look so good? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <It feels funny. laughs> yeah. Um Yeah, I'm pretty sure I didn't understand most of the movie when I first saw it, but I still loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had the cassette tape and my when I was really, really little. My mom's name is Janet uh. and she was a theater major, so she, you know, she knows plays and stuff. <laughs> and so my little brother and I were allowed to say damn it Janet as long as we were singing it. Nice. So we would just be walking around the grocery store at like three and five singing damn it Janet nice. <laughs> and not getting in trouble. That's awesome. Nice. Good loophole. Yep. <laughs> right? Christine, whenever you tell stories about, like, your, when you were growing up, your parents sounded like the hippest, coolest people. They're the best. <laughs> they So my mom is only, she was only 19 when she had me. And then her, her younger brother was only 15 at the time. So to me, like, having me around was like, this is a fun <laughs> new thing to play yeah, with. That's like, awesome. Let's, <laughs> like, uh, when I was a kid, uh, my uncle would... Much like you teach a dog to do tricks, <laughs> he would bribe me to uh, to sing rock and roll songs by giving me Oreos. Uh, <laughs> so as a kid, I knew the entire Faith No More album. Oh my god, <laughs> man. that's awesome! Because he thought it was hilarious. Shrek. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Does Nick Chester know that he is obsessed with Faith No More? Oh yeah, I should probably should tell, tell him that. Yeah. He cares a lot, and then he'll test Except- you. As as a child, um, did not realize that people could hear me when I had my headphones on, so I used to sing it out loud with the headphones on while riding my bike. Wow, <laughs> that's awesome. That is cute. All right, Jessica. I was I was picturing younger, so I was thrown off that you were old enough to know how to ride a bike, but not know how headphones <laughs> work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, I, I did want to a... say Rocky Horror though. That is another. Definitely a, a classic. That's more on the cult, cult classic, classic side. Yeah. And whenever you have a cult classic, it creates divisions. And yep. I saw Aaron shaking his head. Yeah. Because oh, I can't stand it. Yeah. Be- like, is I that because you worked at a movie theater? No. No. Because my wife, Hannah, worked at a movie theater where they'd show it, and she would be the one who had to clean up all the bars. No, I would hate that, too. Because <laughs> like, people just get wasted for these midnight movies. Oh, yeah. and like, Yeah. I think it's a movie that I watched and did not really enjoy. It was just like, it was fine. Like, I love cult movies, and I love schlock movies, and- B movies, but I was like, no, oh, this is just fine. Like, I don't get what people are so into it about. And I understand that it's like definitely the live experience oh, that yeah. really transcends yeah. like just viewing it at home in your basement by yourself. Um, but I think it's it's something that was unfortunately colored by people that I knew that loved Rocky Horror, mm-hmm. where it's like Insane Clown Posse. <laughs> like, they're fine. You really get down to their music and it's great. They're fine. But Juggalos just ruin it. But Juggalos just ruin it for me, man. They're ruining magnets. <laughs> it's true. But on that same note, it's a little sad. The Harvard Square Theater, which had run uh, the midnight showing of Rocky Horror for something like 40 years, like since it came out or something, maybe 30, maybe 30 years. Yeah, I think it was 25 months. or 30 years. Yeah. No, Still, though, every single Saturday night at midnight. Yep. They'd show it, you'd be out in Harvard Square, you'd see dozens upon dozens of people in crazy costumes. Up. Yeah. Uh, and they just closed down. Yeah. So I don't know if the Brattle's going to be picking that up. I don't know if they would want to. I don't know if they'd want to either. <laughs> it's a messy show to host because yeah. you're not just inviting people that are coming in costume and yelling and singing along. You're inviting people that are going to throw things at your screen. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Bringing toasters and rice cookers and Rice I don't think you bring all of the machinery. <laughs> you just bring what comes just out the, of it. All right, ingredients. Just the toast. I feel like, and this is something that Drake could comment on if he was here, but I feel like Drake had directed 
or like stage managed yeah. a uh, a stage version of this in high school maybe sure like that's why he has the uh the SUV uh power wheels in his office really yeah, yeah I think he's because I'm pretty sure that that was like that was when they're like driving yeah. at You're the totally beginning right. <laughs> and then they end up coming to um you know Frankfurter's house <laughs> that's amazing yeah yeah all right yeah Jessa okay so I mine are all over the place. I'm going to start with one that had a very deep meaning for me as a child, and which also stars Tim Curry, Muppet Treasure Island. Oh, awesome. Interesting. <laughs> Muppet Treasure Island? Yes. Don't even know that one. It's, it's Muppet Sing. It's so good. It's probably my favorite of, of the Muppet movies. <laughs> of all of them? Yeah. I mean, Whoa. I love Treasure Island. I love the Muppet <sighs> movies. Christmas Carol's good, but... She's really young. I know. <laughs> she said she saw when she Muppet was a kid. Muppet like, pretty sure I saw that you in high school. Muppet King Manhattan? I think I'll still do... It's Pirates. <laughs> this was, it's that was the first movie with, um, with uh, Pepe the Prawn, wasn't it? And he's great Maybe. in that movie. I think so. I'm every, everything about the movie is great. That's, I've never seen it. That's it's like, worth seeing. Yeah, it's really I do cute. love the Muppets. Oh, Aaron says nuts. I'm going to skip it. No, I, was just, <laughs> I just had a, a tick. You have seen the new Muppet movie, right? Yes, I did see it, yeah. Really good. Yeah, yeah, really good. It was a nice comeback. Yes. Um... Anyone else have any color comments on <laughs> Jess's choice? I almost put I the original. Bags. We had a good discussion on all of them so far. I almost put but... the original Muppet movie on my list. Okay. Really? Yeah. Almost. That's a good one. Yeah. The Muppets, the Muppets know music. They do. I like the Manhattan one. Yeah. 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 Yep. I think, too, maybe I didn't have the Manhattan one growing up, but I had Muppet Treasure Island, so I watched it yep. so many times. May also have been an access thing. Yep. But, yeah. Well, that's how I've always found whatever you had on tape as a kid, always, no matter. Yeah. Is the best. Yeah. <laughs> Like, to yeah. this day, unless you've, like, actually sat down and broken down whether it's really good or not, whatever you had on tape a kid, as a kid. Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas is the best Muppet <laughs> movie ever made. There you go. High watermark of Jim Henson's creativity. Because <laughs> uh, that was a movie that I had on cassette as a kid. Nice. That was pretty good. Good sets. Yeah. Never seen it. A lot of miniatures. Isn't that the one with the creepy... There's some song that's really creepy. Bottom Nightmare Band. It's really good. It's really good. It's probably as good as Muppet Treasure Island. <laughs> Jim Henson, if he wanted to use his powers for evil, he could have destroyed a whole generation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrifying creations. Yep. Dark Crystal is pretty terrifying. Yeah. Labyrinth yeah. is still spooky. Yeah. Which, not on my list, but Labyrinth, that's a great music movie, too. Uh, I didn't even think of that. David Bowie. Yeah, I don't that think it's music. I just remember on... being terrified. Oh, sorry. Uh, okay. Oh, sorry. whoa. <laughs> okay, I'll give you uh, my first one. And uh, I don't. Uh, this is one that I also hope everyone has seen, but maybe you haven't. But it's also a classic, also from the late seventies, or maybe right on the cusp, right on nineteen eighty. The Blues Brothers. Yes, yeah, it's yes. online too. Yes. Yes. So good. It is so good. Like it's long. It's really long, and they apparently spent so much more than their budget was. It like ruined Saturday Night Live movies for almost a decade. Like. <laughs> I, I apparently Lauren Michaels just like stopped doing them after that for a while just because it basically ruined him. <laughs> and if you watch it, the car chase scenes, which are amazing, they crash something like a hundred police cars. Yeah, <laughs> driving nuts. them through malls and flipping over. But the, the music portions of it are amazing. So first of all, and I've only really learned this in the last couple of years as I've delved into blue, uh, not blues, uh, soul stuff. Um, so the backing band of the Blues Brothers in the movie is basically uh, the backing band from Stax that did all of like 
Otis Redding, um, Isaac Hayes, Isaac, yes, Isaac Hayes, Sam and Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were basically Booker T and the MGs. They were the MGs. I don't think Booker T's in the movie, but uh, that's just the backing band. And they never, like, they make them characters in the movie, but they never treat them as themselves. Donald Duck Donald Dunn. Donald Duck Dunn. He's always my favorite. They just yeah. recently died. Very sad. Great bass player, but in the movie, he's so good because he had, like, that fro, and he would smoke a pipe as he played yeah. bass. Yeah. He looked so good. <laughs> so good. Um, and that's just the backing band. But then just all the cameos, there's... My favorite is the Ray Charles one. That's pretty good. Ray Charles runs a music store, and a kid comes in to steal a guitar, and he pulls out a gun and shoots at him, <laughs> which is just a good joke. I like the James Brown. <laughs> James Brown as the, as the preacher is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, was it Aretha Franklin that worked at the diner? Aretha's yeah. the diner and the, the, the wife of uh, one of the guitar players. Johnny Lang is in there, which when I was seven. That's Blues Brothers 2000. Yeah. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) I'm totally combining them in my head. Johnny Lang was big at the time in 2000. Yeah. Yeah. For blues. In 2000. Which, not in 1980. (laughs) I don't think he was born in 1980. No, you're right. Yeah. I was totally combining them in my head. Now that begs a question, though. I don't know if I've seen the original then. So good. I don't know if I have. Just like... Oh, what other what other big <laughs> musicians? Oh, uh, Scatman. Uh, no, not Scat. Um, Scatman Crothers. No, um, what's his name? <laughs> Heidi Ho Man. Scatman John. Oh yes. Uh, um, God. Uh, Cab Cow. Oh, Cab Cow. Yes. Heidi. He's like a major character. He's amazing. Yeah. Ah, I want to watch it right now. But even apart from that, like just crazy storyline. Carrie Fisher's in it. She is yeah. trying to kill Jake at every turn. <laughs> um, the whole storyline with the neo-Nazis is crazy. Uh, I hate Illinois Nazis. <laughs> John Candy has a great cameo yep. in it. Orange Whip. Improvise the Orange that. Whip line all the time here. Anyway, check it out if you've never seen it. I'll buy you the DVD. It's such a cool movie. Uh, yes. Like, not just like a good music movie or like a good road trip movie, but like such a cool movie. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Got me addicted to Ray-Bans. <laughs> and it's not intended but to this day, I still get a lot of people being like, oh, you look like uh, Jake, Jake Blues from the Blues Brothers. You trying to do that? I'm like, oh, I'm not trying to do that. Happy coincidence. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, I guess. Uh, yeah. All right. Fish, what you got? Fish. Right, we'll continue through the 80s. I'm going with Purple Rain. Whoa. Yeah. yeah it's the illest. I could have seen see that it. one coming a mile away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that in the theater years after it came out. Like maybe really? 2004 at the Brattle. Not the Brattle. The Coolidge. It was nice. awesome. It was so cool to see it on a big screen. Plus all the terrible acting. <laughs> Everybody's just like talking trash. It was great. People are dancing. In the I house. love that the villains in that movie are uh, more stay in the time. Yeah. <laughs> They've got some good gems. That's a. It's an, it, that's another like very much of its time. I can't see today like I don't know who's a who's a Prince analog of today. Let's say Prince. <laughs> I can't see Prince just making a movie where he's the star and it Prince and it's is him Prince. riding around on a purple <laughs> motorcycle. He's not wrong. Kanye West. <laughs> sure, yes. Yeah, especially if it's like a fictional yeah, autobiographical so movie. Did you ever see the other movie he made in the 80s? Yeah, he did Under the Cherry Moon. That. Never seen it. pretty cool. It's it? black and white. He directed it. It had some good moments. Yeah. It has Kirsten Hot Thomas when she was young. <laughs> Hot Thomas. He was super babe, babed out in that movie. Nice. Uh, and did another one, Graffiti Bridge. That's right. Which was weird. Good on you, Prince, <laughs> for doing what you do. 
Yeah. I mean, after you do a movie like that, you could just quit. But he kept going. <laughs> he kept doing weirder and more different stuff, which is cool. Yeah. Good pick. Yeah. Good pick. Good pick. Lots of 80s picks. Give me a pick, Aaron. Were the, were the 80s the best, best decade for music movies? I would say... Is it too early in the list to tell? Well, it's, I think it's tough to tell. It depends mm. on what type you... Because I have some documentaries coming up. Yeah. And that's sort, of a, that's sort of a shift. I got a documentary. All right, what do you got? Documentary from the 80s. Decline of Western Civilization. Part one uh-huh. or part two? Uh-huh. Part one. Uh-huh. There is no part two in my mind. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. But part two is the much more well-known one. Well, I mean, that's because it's the one that has, like, the scorpions barfing in a parking lot, like... Those were the heavy metal years. Yes. But the original Decline of Western Civilization is like the most true-to-life hardcore documentary. Like, I almost put American Hardcore on my list, but it glosses over a bunch of stuff. And there's a lot of good documentaries that follow like just one or two bands. But Decline of Western Civilization focused on uh, the L.A. punk and hardcore scene. Um, I mean, L.A., but I mean, kind of California at large in the late 70s and early 80s. And it is just like an absolute trash factory. <laughs> like wow. the kind of things that you would not expect to see, like bands living in bombed out churches um, and, uh, you know, Darby crash from the germs before he died, uh, where it's just him and you're watching the guy and you're like, oh, God, what an absolute train wreck. Like it was warts and all like. The, I mean, the best kind of documentary, right? Where it's like, it doesn't just show like, these bands are great and everybody mm-hmm. likes them. It's like, some of these people are bad people. <laughs> <laughs> and I always I always thought that was so fascinating and it, and it took me forever to track down a bootleg copy of it because it's it's not in print anywhere. Nope. And um, they did like a VHS run in the, uh, the early 80s. But, um, you know, that's part of the reason why uh, Decline Part 2 is so well known because it's like got Available. a much wider release yeah. and it's like, huge hair metal bands. So like that's much more interesting than, you know, seeing what X uh, or Black Flag yep. was up to in 80 or 81. Directed um, by Penelope Spheris of Wayne's World. Correct. Yeah. Which I'm sure is on someone's list. Sure, I'm sure. Maybe. I'm sure. Okay. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's about, it's about <laughs> as punk as a movie can get. Uh, it's, I mean, it's dirty. It's a <laughs> dirty movie. I like it a lot. Uh, uh, fun fact: I'm borrowing it from you right now. Oh, well, that's that's where my copy <laughs> yep. is. Good, Don't worry. Good to know. It's well accounted for. Good to know. I bought that at Singles Going Steady in Seattle, Washington. Nice. Yep. Went there. Went there for PAX. My first PAX. That's where I found it. Everyone should go and should buy it at PAX. Didn't we go there last year when we were stranded in Seattle? Probably. Probably. I make it a point to go every year. One of the best record stores. It's good. Christine. Remember that time when you asked if Wayne's World was on anyone's list? <laughs> yeah. It's next on my list. Yeah. Uh, you and this. So not, yeah, not. <laughs> I'm so you glad that's the line you've got with. Into this. Uh, I'll take it off my list. It's then. not It's not a music movie, but it's very much like the music kind of makes the movie. It's not about yes. music. Right. But it is, kind right. of. Um, and one of the about most the iconic. world of like a, a suburban teenager who's like just drowned in music. Yes. Um, one of the most iconic music-related scenes in a movie ever with Bohemian Rhapsody, with them driving. Um, and do you I know that that you probably do that that because of that scene, because of that movie, it made Bohemian Rhapsody jump back up onto the charts twenty. Well, maybe not twenty. Fifteen years after it had been released, hit number one. I believe it's Again. the oh, wow. first and only time 
that a movie has ever been number one in two different decades. A song. A, a song. song. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, not a movie. A song. A song. A song. A song. Um, I also really genuinely like the Crucial Taunt uh, songs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where uh-huh. I first heard ball, Ballroom Blitz. Yeah, yep. me too. Yeah. Um, scenes are so good. Everything's so good about yeah. that movie. Infinitely quotable film. Oh, yeah. yeah. Another one that I saw far too young and did not understand most of the jokes. <laughs> I definitely remember leaving the theater and getting in trouble with my aunt who took me because I was repeating lines from the movie that I should not <laughs> have retained and did not understand, uh, but just knew that they were funny. Yes. They, that's the thing. Like As a kid, you may not know what it means, but you know it's funny yeah. and you don't know why. <laughs> Ribbed for her pleasure. Yeah. yeah. You don't understand that, that as a was, kid. That was one, yep. Calling just up, the way he uh, said it. Calling up and ordering the cream of some young guy from the Chinese food restaurant. Yep. Got me in a lot of hot water as a kid. <laughs> Thank you, Wayne's World. Amazing. All right, let's keep it going. We're, what t- we're short on time. Yes. <laughs> we started late. We started late. All right, I'll do a dance movie. I wanted to get some dance stuff in, too. And um, this... Okay, so the movie is Swing Kids. Which oh, I, really I used to have it on DVD. Yeah, I, I really loved just everything about it. The... I had a heavy Christian Bale phase. Yeah. Very young Christian Bale in that movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was fun watching it. I'd only seen it for the first time maybe two years ago. And uh, there are a lot of fun cameos. Uh, what's his name? Noah Wiley. Really? Yes, I Christian forget Christian Bale. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the dude who plays Cuddy on House. Uh, Hitler Not was Cuddy. in the movie. Um, what's his name? What? No, I don't watch House. I, I don't. Know. Yeah, I don't know who you're talking. Looks about. like Nick knows. Uh, who, what's his? No. All right. Well, someone <laughs> listening will know. But um, which character was he in the movie? Can't remember his name. He was a friend. He was the friend character, like yeah. the, the jazzy Not guy. House, with though, right? the no House, though, right? No. <laughs> well, guys, just watch it. Well, and give, watch give, House wait, give the synopsis of what the movie is. So, I mean, it the kind of bare bones of it is it's about the underground swing club culture. During swing music, yeah, 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 during the war, and it you kind of see aspects of youth and rebellion in Germany. And, it takes place in Germany, yeah, 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 Nazi Germany, and kind of this subculture that has been largely overshadowed because of obvious reasons of what we actually focus on <laughs> that time period. But um, between that and like mo- other movies like The White Rose and things like that, that kind of show the rebellion aspect of. Germans during World War II who were not necessarily buying into everything that Germany was doing. And um, beautiful, beautiful movie, whether you're watching it for just the dancing mm-hmm. aspect of it or anything. Yeah, it's really good. Well, at least I thought it was good when I used to like it. I don't know how well it holds up these days. <laughs> I do remember, like, their their rallying call was Swing Heil. Yes. Yep. So. Yes. <laughs> Nick is losing his mind right now. <laughs> Well, but it's definitely we, a good music movie. Before we move on, have you seen Wayne's World? No, I have not. I just wrote oh, oh, it down. I'm making notes. She's been making notes. Yeah, I'm making She's writing that movie she needs to see. Had you seen Spinal Tap? No. No, of course not. We're giving Christina a hard time. Most of the movies that are being mentioned here, I have not seen. You have seen Blues Brothers 2000. Yes. Have you seen Wayne's World 2? No, I've seen none okay. of them. That's okay, okay. though. That's pass. okay, though. I love Wayne's World. So that makes up a little bit yeah, for it? That makes I almost put that on my list. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Wayne's World 2 is great. It's good. Lots of cameos the in that The King of Roadies. Yep. It's so good. Yep. Chris Farley's really good in it, yep. too. Uh, okay, we'll keep it rolling along. Um, I, I'm going to do a documentary, too. Very, very first of its kind. 
uh, I believe from 1965, Don't Look Back. Uh, so D.A. Pennybaker, who's become like a big famous name for kind of creating the modern documentary, uh, followed around Bob Dylan on his tour of England, uh, which was pretty impressive, especially impressive if you're a Bob Dylan fan, like famously closed off guy and like has always been since then and even was before then. I don't really know how this happened or he allowed it, but it's great. Like it's before he went electric, so he was still doing his folk thing. Um, but just following him along, just as he's getting huge, um, going to shows, just hanging out in hotel rooms with him. He like meets Donovan who like, everyone's like, Oh, Donovan, he's the new Bob Dylan. And Bob Dylan's like, Oof, this fucking guy. <laughs> and then he, he meets him and you can tell he's just like, I don't like this guy. Uh, Joan Baez is in it with him a lot. Cause they were dating at the time. So she traveled a lot around with him. You can see them like writing a lot of songs that kind of became some of his famous songs and just he would just take a typewriter on the road with him and write after shows and stuff. Um, and it's, it's a style of documentary that I really love where it's like no narration. They're not telling you anything. Like it's just, you're the fly on the wall. You're following around. Whatever happens on the camera is what you get. So it's not like no title cards, like explaining what you need to get out of this. No narration. Is that called cinema verite? Sort of. Cinema verite though is like, a lot of times that'll be a fictional movie, but like not using actors. Like it'd be if we were acting out doing a podcast or whatever and someone's filming us. Um, really cool. Wow. Highly <laughs> recommended. Uh, especially if you're a Bob Dylan fan. Really, it's like his formative time just before he kind of like said, screw all this and started doing his own thing. So, Fish. I want to talk Tarantino for a second. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Music is crucial to his movies. All of his yes. movies have awesome music and he's like a great like record collector and diver and he'll just hear a song when he's like at a store like say in japan and say what is this song i gotta have it right now i want to put it in my movie and he collaborates with lots of cool people like the rizza and yep. but i'm going with a deeper cut i'm going with jackie Brown's soundtrack Ooh. some awesome stuff on there like the brothers johnson some great pimp music that <laughs> sam jackson listens to in his delphonics um so much good stuff. And that movie is awesome. That like was I, that was the one Tarantino movie I had not seen until this very year. Same really? year. Totally what flew under my radar. Yeah. I was like, I never saw it. I was like, it was right after Pulp Fiction. I was like, how could you top that? Yeah. I just didn't bother. But it was so great. It was just like yes, an exceptional it's, uh, story. For people that like the, uh, what's his name? Um, Michael Keaton. Well, this is what it ties into. Is uh, What's the writer's name? Uh, oh, the author from the book. Yes. I forget. But Tarantino rewrote the right. script. Oh, you know his Elmore. name. James Elmore. Elmore? Think so? Maybe. Yes. So, so, Get shorty? so yeah, so Michael yeah. Keaton's character is the first time a character Elmore had Leonard? appeared in two different movies that weren't like a sequel or anything. So Michael Keaton's character from that is the same as his character in Get Shorty. Oh, that's cool. Or the, the George Clooney one, which is also by the same author. <laughs> I don't know their names. <laughs> James Elmore, though. Sam Jackson's got that great rat tail pimp Oh, God. It is. <laughs> so, like, weird looking as a gun salesman. Bobby D? Yeah. De Niro with that terrible greasy beard. Oh, yeah. <laughs> De Niro. Just sitting around in that beach house. <laughs> so awkward. Really awkward. Great movie, though. Yeah. But I agree. His soundtracks are always amazing. Yeah, they're a yeah. good bet. Yeah. 
Kill Bill was on my runners up. Kill Bill, yeah. That's what you said. RZA did Kill Bill, right? Yeah. Scored it. I had a a movie soundtrack radio show in college, and Kill Bill was like my go-to. Awesome. Because it's all good. Yep. That's uh that to me is the mark of a great soundtrack when you like just cannot divorce that song from that scene anymore. Like like you had mentioned earlier in the graduate, like Mrs. Robinson playing on the bus like as they leave. Like that's so like distinctly tied to that movie. The five, six, seven, eights in, yes. uh, in the fight and kill Bill. Stuck in stuck the middle, in the middle of, you. of you. Like oh. just as the camera cuts away in oh Reservoir God. Dogs. Like cannot <laughs> hear that movie without Even like Jungle just Boogie wincing. Pulp Fiction. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. Very cool. Cool. Aaron, what else cool. you got? I got High Fidelity next yes. on my list. Yes. Um, another another kind of a softball one. Yes. Um, sure. But uh, but it is so. It is so perfect for like the nerd, like music nerd record collector culture. Yep. Um, top five lists um, and that kind of like hipper than thou mentality, uh, like just very much on the surface. But then like the the deeper layers where, um, you know, John Cusack's character is just like so obsessed with like making mixes and having songs that are representative of girls <laughs> and relationships. It's like. Such a, a perfect, uh, like uh, a perfect kind of musical touchstone for the way we use songs to define times or places in our lives. And even so. just like the discussion of how he organizes his record collection. Yeah. It's like not by alphabet, it's by, I don't even remember. Chronological by personal importance yes, to me. Right. And then the other guy from the record store is like, Oh, can I help you? <laughs> like he's so enamored with it. It's like such a vinyl junkie, like music nerd thing to want to do. That was fun to see, like an emo character in a movie. Yeah, that was like the first time. Yeah, I'd that ever was before seen... it became such a thing. Yeah, that was where the wave crested. <laughs> yeah, it was I all downhill from there. Like, I grew up with kids that were obsessed with that music, and I was always around these skinny kids with armbands <laughs> and bald heads and <laughs> pale skin. Like, yep. Sort of a launching pad for Jack Black. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. is, so, that scene where he's singing. He steals the scene at the end. Kills me. <laughs> so Just good. the facial expressions. The Monday uh, mix, I think. So good. The Monday half yeah. <laughs> starts out, they're listening to Bell and Sebastian, like <laughs> Seymour Stein just droning over the radio. It's the record we're listening to in a joint, Barry. That's <laughs> unfortunate because it sucks ass. <laughs> it's just so, so perfect. That's so right. That was a, when I, I, I just wished more of the movie was that and less of like the relationship. The record store yeah. type stuff? Yeah. 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 That stuff is the, so good. Yeah, I like, I like a lot of that relationship stuff though. Like that's that's where where it kind of really gets into like not music theory in like the conventional way, but like the the emotion mm-hmm. that we that we tie to music to it, yeah. and um a lot of a lot of that kind of the the more emo stuff from the movie. Like what came first, the music or the misery? Like <laughs> we worry about line. kids like watching violent movies or playing video games, but. We don't listen. We don't worry about them listening to thousands, literally thousands of songs about heartache and pain. Like that is so perfect. That's pretty. Good. So I love perfect. that you know that line word for word. <laughs> it's it's who, so good. Who wrote the book? The uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, Great About second. a boy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Hugh Grant was in that movie. It's not music. Oh, we're talking about Notting Hill now. Yep. Oh, good. Yep. And Anna loves Lou Grant. <laughs> Lou Grant. <laughs> Grant. Huge grant. <laughs> <laughs> there was a, there's a place in Somerville called the um, uh, Christopher's, 
and when I used to live near it, we'd eat there a lot. And there was a guy there with gray hair and a ponytail <laughs> who looked to a T like uh, Tim Robbins' Tim character Robert. from High Fidelity. Get your patchouli stink <laughs> out of my store. So he good. gave world music a bad rap, though. Yeah, you're right. You're right. That stuff's great. Yep. I don't care. World music. Maybe. Uh, Christine, keep us rolling. All right. Uh, another one that's not about music, but the music in it is amazing. Uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. Yay. Mm. I've seen that. <laughs> <laughs> I have not Of course seen you that. have. No? Of nope. course you have. It's really? Good. Is Heath Ledger in that? Yeah. Ledger. He sings in it. It's definitely one of his. Is this the one that's like, uh, it's based on the Shakespeare? Yes. Or yeah. Taming of the Shrew. Okay. Um, and But better. <laughs> no, I say better that Better than because... Shakespeare. <laughs> because... <laughs> No. The reason mm. I say that is because The Taming of the Shrew is not a great play for the ladies. And Ten wow. Things About You changes some things. Yes. Well, like, okay, fair. spoiler alert, Taming of the Shrew is, like, she's, super she's anti being an independent. Yeah, she's yeah. a shrew for being an independent person. Ten Things I Hate About Shrew. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, written 500 years ago. Yeah, but he's super, he's super, like... Progressive yes. in most ways in which he regards gender and sexuality and stuff. So... Kind of an odd play for Shakespeare. Yeah. Not one of his better ones, I would day. say. He probably, probably didn't write it. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I heard from the movie Anonymous that he just stole all his material. <laughs> Shakespeare. Well, I learned in Shakespeare in Love that... <laughs> oh, boy. Shakespeare. So what uh, are, what's some music from that movie? Uh, and how is it used in it? that, that so, it's, like, prominent? Um, so a lot of the stuff in the movie, well, one of them is he Heath Ledger is trying to woo... The, the shrew, I guess. Um, and he steals the <laughs> microphone. <laughs> from the shrew. <laughs> he steals the microphone from uh, the the booth uh, on the football field and sings "You're Just Too Good to Be True" uh, in front of the entire marching band and all the people practicing soccer and things like that to nice. to get her attention. Um, gets her favorite band to play at the prom, like all of these little things, and it's actual bands like. Um, Letters to Cleo is, I can't remember if they're in the movie or just on the soundtrack, and then, um, I can't remember the name of the other band, but the soundtrack is so, so good. It's very, very, like, chill-out 90s music, mm-hmm. um, but it's one of the few soundtracks that I will listen to start to finish. Nice. Cool. Jessa. All right, so my next one is another dance one, which is The Red Shoes which is a 1948 ballet film based on a Hans Christian Andersen film about a woman who is torn between her love for... Well, the movie's about a woman who's torn between her love for a man and her desire to be a a famous dancer. Mm. And the catch is that the red shoes require you to constantly be dancing. Is it like magical? Yes. And well, so the Hans Christian Andersen story is a super grim ending based on... Her feet fall off, don't they? They don't fall off. (laughs) 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 They. Does she dance to death or something? What's going on? No, that you're thinking of the Tarantella thing, right? (laughs) This she well, spoiler again. (laughs) She has to cut her feet off to stop dancing. Not in the film, in the Hans Christian Andersen story. So, but it's a beautiful film, um, which. is worth seeing. <laughs> Are you sure no. about that? So a, lo- a lot of modern sure? dance films and stuff kind of fall back on this as one of the quintessential founding dance movies. Mm. Um, beautiful dance choreography in it. Interesting cinematography. It's very long. More or less depressing than Black Swan. Huh. 
if you have Less to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> so Less Black Swan. Have you not seen Black Swan? No, I have. She has. Black Swan <laughs> Dill. came out recently. Super Ill. It came yeah. out the past 10 years. Yes, I've seen that. <laughs> Less um, depressing, right? Less depressing. Black Swan's pretty depressing. Yeah. <laughs> Marty Scorsese yes. loves uh, loves this movie. Um, if you've ever seen any of those, Aaron calls him Marty because they're friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're buds. We're buds. Bobby D. Marty Scorsese. Um, if you've ever um, seen any of those commercials for like film restoration at the beginning of DVDs or whatever, um, that's like yeah. always one of the lead scenes. It's yeah, the spiral staircase yep. with like her running down, yeah. uh, and it was one of those movies where. Marty, Martin Scorsese, <laughs> um, was talking about the importance of film restoration and how, you know, if we... These amazing um, shadows. Yes. The documentary. Thank you. Um, where if we hadn't, you know, um, put as much stock into preserving these old films, It'd then we'd lose things yeah. like uh, like this movie. So, if it's good enough for Marty, it's good enough for me. <laughs> good segue, Aaron, because mine is a Marty Scorsese joint. Documentary. Documentary by Marty Scorsese called uh-huh. The Last Waltz. Uh-huh. Um, so... The band named The Band, uh, They um, this also ties into Bob Dylan, actually. So the band had a pretty crazy uh, career. They backed Ronnie Hawkins, who was sort of a rockabilly guy. Um, and then they went on to back Bob Dylan when he went electric, and he just dubbed them The Band, and it stuck. So The Last Waltz is about their farewell concert in 1975, I think. They'd sort of been on the road for 20 years straight, and they just wanted to be done with it. And so they did this amazing farewell concert with all these crazy guests, like Bob Dylan comes on, the Belfast Cowboy Van Morrison what? comes on, no. Staples singers uh, come on. Oh, I love them. Um, you there. Uh, Neil Young, who was just sort of blowing up at the time, I think. Um, a lot of great guests. It's just like... Sort of a quintessential concert film. It's not so much a documentary as it just like it's a great concert film, uh, but it has like the emotion in there because like you're seeing all these different bands that they've sort of, or, or artists that they have come in contact with over their career, and they're coming to sort of bid them for farewell. Um, so just worth checking out. Even so, I didn't even know the band that much before I saw the movie. So this m- movie actually got me into their music. Instead of vice versa, huh. so you take a load off. Well, yeah, I knew that song, "The Weight," but um, well worth checking out if you're interested. It's very good. When uh, when you said that you weren't going to be able to um, compile a list in time for the show, uh-huh. and that I should make uh, your top five yeah. list for you, yep. The Last Waltz was on my list, but so far that's the only one really that's been on my list. What else is on your list? Uh, do you want you want me to Let's do it? Rattle rattle through it now. Yep. I would have thought that the commitments would have oh, been so good. first movie on you. I'm upset for not choosing it. Yep. Uh, Last Waltz. Um, it Might Get Loud. Yep, that's good. Thought that you would have liked that. Another documentary. Oh, that's Brother, good. Where Art Thou? Oh, oh, I forgot that one. That is a soundtrack that I listen to I regularly. I love it. Okay. Good. Yep. Done. Soggy Bottom Boys. Yes. Definitely top five for me. Uh, and also, uh, Cool as Ice. The Vanilla Ice. <laughs> <laughs> Swing and a miss, Aaron. Swing and a miss. So <laughs> close. So close. <laughs> I feel pretty confident about the other ones. Yeah, no, that's good. Good choices. Well, they were yours. Yes. Um, Let's do, uh, Nick, how much time we got left? Five minutes. Let's do a lightning round. All right. Last picks, guys. All right. Last Last two? Yes. Well, whatever you got. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever you got. All right. I wanted to pick a Bob Fosse movie. 
I really liked all that jazz. Ooh, and Roy Scheider, the Shine Dog. Yeah, they're both so good. I think I'm gonna go with Cabaret though. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Cabaret's ill. Is Roy Scheider no, like Cabaret? One? No, he's not in it. <laughs> then I'm less interested. Yeah, it's great though if you haven't seen it. I haven't. I should. It's totally worth. One of my watching. wife's favorite musicals. Yeah, it's so out there. And it's like right in Nazi Germany. What good is sitting alone in your room? <laughs> yeah. Doing Another song. <laughs> doing doing good hand gestures. Yeah, that's really good. People could have seen it. And my last pick is Easy Rider. Ooh. Ooh. Great driving music. Jack Nicholson, Peter Fonda. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dennis mm-hmm. Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Mm-hmm. Also directed Hop it. The Hop Dog. Yep. <laughs> Absolutely revolutionary. Yeah, I recently completely. read a profile on Brian Cranston of Breaking Bad, and apparently mm-hmm. in the 70s he took a two-year Easy Rider-esque bike trip. Not at all surprised. Motorcycle trip around the country. Mm. Love that guy. Yeah. Good picks. I'm going to say anyone picks. worth a damn in the 1970s did the same thing. It totally changed Hollywood. Completely changed how movies were made. I've heard those bikes are really uncomfortable because none of them had shocks. No. <laughs> <laughs> We'll get Arnie in here to give us a, a motorcycle. <laughs> too soon. Uh, yikes. All right. Uh, my last two. Uh, Cry Baby. <laughs> yes! Yes! Oh, yeah. By John Waters. Uh, I do not care for John Waters for the that most part. That is definitely his most still, that movie accessible movie. But it is so goofy. Uh, it's like not even a trailer park. Like that. that is too kind an assessment. Uh, they are essentially like a bunch of freaks that live yes. in the woods. Yeah. It takes place in the 50s. Yep. Uh, it's like the contrast between like the suburban nice the folks norms, and the rockers uh, and the rockers. So it's like these, this like weird greaser <laughs> gypsy camp. Uh, Iggy Pop is the dad. Yep. Uh, and the like the whole a movie is named like, Hatchet Face. Uh, Hatchet <laughs> Face is so good. She's um, so, and it's essentially so like yeah. like just these people just living in absolute squalor. Um, and uh, and what's her name? Ricky Lake uh, yep. is in it as well. Yep. Um, and uh, Johnny Depp comes along and he's like. He's crybaby. He's the coolest. And yep. he is like this kind of Elvis archetype, um, but he never cries. Like That's totally his thing. He's got a teardrop tattoo. Teardrop yeah. tattooed because he never cries. He's got that tattoo <laughs> set. And, uh, and he ends up falling in love with this girl and uh, society like totally freaks out. Um, and he has to like use the power of rock and singing <laughs> uh, to convince everybody. So there's like super cool like jail singing scenes, yes. like very jailhouse rocky, uh, but it's like total rockabilly Greaser, John Waters, Trashy yep. Mayhem. Uh, Jessa, I'm surprised you haven't seen at least the remake of it. Because they yeah. did a musical. John Waters did a musical of Crybaby. Really? I yeah. do like musicals. No? Am I I'm... thinking of Hairspray? Yeah, Hairspray. Hairspray, I've seen. I like Crybaby too, though. <laughs> no. No. You can't remake it. No. You're, good. you're thinking of Pecker. I'm surprised though, that you never you made it out of Emerson <laughs> without seeing that movie. Yeah. Oh that God. movie was everywhere <laughs> when I was there. Yep. Uh, and then the last movie on my list... It's Sid and Nancy. Oh, I was going to say that Did one. Did you? Too. I stole it from you. <laughs> uh, Gary Oldman is unstoppable. I think his first, one of his, definitely one of his very first one of his first ones. I think Super he did young. some like British stage stuff before that. Super young plays Sid Vicious. Sid Vicious, Nancy Spongeon. Um, it is like the most tragic love story. Yes. Um, I uh, I have a friend who watches it with uh, with his girlfriend every Valentine's Day. Like it is <laughs> their uh, it's like their movie. Um, it's just it's bleak, it's, uh, it's, but it's it's uh, Alex Cox. Yep, did um, uh, Repo Man. 
Repo Man. Oh. Yep. Walker yeah. with Walker, Ed Harris. Straight to Hell. A lot of weird. He had stuff. a lot of tie-ins with like the punk scene. Like they were his friends. Yep. Um, so I don't know if you know, but the soundtrack to Sid and Nancy was all done by Joe Strummer. Really? Yep. Ooh. Shortly after the Clash broke up, I believe. Crazy. Um, and yeah, I have a tie into that too because it's one of my wife's favorite movies. Hard as hell. At least it was a few years ago to find it on DVD. Criterion did an edition of it. So yep. I was like, I'm going to get her the Criterion edition out of print. I paid a hundred bucks for that movie. Yep. Wow. hundred bucks, guys. It's really good. I mean, that's probably, <laughs> that's probably only like $10 more than the Criterion cost new. Yeah. Joke is Criterion's are expensive. On Netflix and say it didn't come. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it is fantastic. Like a yeah. great punk movie. Yep. And Gary Oldman is so fantastic. It kind of like blurs that line where you forget you're watching a movie at some point. So you're oh, like, yeah. this is, could be a documentary. He feels like he is uh, Sid Vicious. So yeah. you don't know Sid Vicious, the bass player from the Sex Pistols. Spoilers. Uh, famously, <laughs> famously, allegedly murdered his girlfriend, Nancy. My other favorite fun fact is the woman who plays Nancy, uh, uh, Larry Appleton's girlfriend in Perfect Strangers. What? <laughs> what is it, <laughs> Chloe Chloe Webb? I don't know the actress's name. I, think it's I just remember her face and that she was in Perfect Strangers. Um, but just just a straight up tragedy. Yeah. But like framed by the Sex Pistols and punk rock. Yeah. Fantastic. It's great. Christine, what else you got left? Uh, so next on my list is August Rush. Uh, it's uh, Carrie Russell, Jonathan Reese Myers. Um, they sounds are... like a punk fest. <laughs> <laughs> He is a rock star. She is a classical musician. They have a one-night stand, have a baby. She gives up the baby for adoption. Um, and then the rest of the movie is the kid trying to find his parents again, like his biological parents. And it's all about the power of music, connecting people. But the soundtrack is awesome because they do really interesting things uh, with combining the classical and the rock music together. There's also a lot of really interesting covers on the soundtrack. There's this crazy cover of La Bamba uh, on the soundtrack that's like really classical good. music? No, it's um, it's, it's like a, a woman singing and more like a acoustic, like chilled out version. Huh. Um, it was really cool. Um, and then the last one on my list is a little unconventional, <laughs> but it's probably the single best soundtrack I own. Uh, and it would be a Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, oh, that's such a good one. I'm crying already. It's just, it's perfect. I, if I, I usually get really annoyed when they're playing Christmas music early in the year, as everyone does. But if you're playing Charlie Brown Christmas, you get a pass. Yeah, it's that all year. Yeah, it's, just, it's really good. It's always Charlie Brown Christmas for fish. It is. Um, we used to have uh, Vince Garibaldi records somewhere uh-huh. in the office. He did the score for for all the Charlie Brown stuff, uh-huh. um, and it looks so much like Sean. Yeah, like, <laughs> really? like it is such a weird, bizarro future Sean, future seventies Sean. Uh, and so he had the LP on his desk for the longest time when he was here. Oh, nice. Let's see if we can dig it up. Jessa. All right, I was going to say Holiday Inn, which is an old Bing Crosby, Fred Astaire movie. The one thing it has against it is it is super, super racist. Well, I believe that. It includes a blackface number. <laughs> it's awful, but the rest of the movie is great. <laughs> so I replaced that with Singing in the Rain, okay. which I love, yeah. even though Gene it's Kelly... It's racist against rain. 
Yeah, well, yeah. Gene Kelly was a total jerk yeah. to the Debbie Reynolds. Yeah, Ginger Debbie Reynolds. Reynolds. So I mean, any of those guys back then, you're gonna you're gonna get some <laughs> racism, some sexism, probably some spousal abuse. Yeah, <laughs> and some closeted stuff. Well, well Bing Crosby <laughs> beat up his son. Well. He beat up his yeah, kids. Yeah, it's just it's it was a dark it period a for time. people. Yep. Great period for <laughs> musical <Obama>. movies. <laughs> Thanks, Obama. <laughs> Thanks for the 1950s uh, Obama. <laughs> uh, uh, good. Okay. Um, <laughs> so my last ones are. Uh, this is a documentary that you should all check out. It's. One of those documentaries, sort of like American movie, when you watch it, you're like, is this real? Because the people in it are so out there. It's called um, You're Gonna Miss Me. It's about this guy named Rocky Erickson, who's like a psychedelic rocker in the 60s. Um, He took so much LSD, he went crazy. And after that, it's basically the story of after that. So, like, he was still making music for a little while, and he, like, legitimately thought he saw aliens and demons, and he would write, like, it is almost like proto-metal stuff. Huh. Um, but he never got any help, and his mother was, like, obsessed with him and enabled him his whole life, and so, like, she had custody of him, uh, and he just was terrible, and just, sort of his brain was just rotting away, and this, like, and his mother was, like, a weird hoarder, and, like, a former... She always wanted to be a movie star, so there's all these weird character traits, and it's a lot of the stories about his brother, who's, you know, just, like, a, a regular citizen... Uh, he somehow got out of the life of this crazy mother and wants to, like, get Rocky help uh, and get him on medication. And, um, uh, well, it's a documentary, so I guess it's, it's not really a spoiler if it's reality. So, anyway, he, he, he gets him the help, and, like, and now he's making music again, which after, like, 30 years of just, like, in the darkness, he put out a record a couple years ago. Uh, I got to see him at South by Southwest. Amazing stuff. Um, takes you on a ride, that story. It's called You're Gonna Miss Me. That's one of his songs. Uh, and then my other last one is, um, you made me think of this mm. off the top of the head, uh, Once. Uh, has anyone here seen oh, Once? Oh, yeah. That is uh, a pretty one. A great, uh, as Fish was talking about, Cinema Verite style. It's uh, Glenn Hansard, uh, Irish musician from Irish the band The Frames. Yeah. He was in The Commitments. I was going to mention that, too. <laughs> Very young, and he was in The Commitments as, I think, the guitar player. Yeah. Um, maybe bass. Maybe. But, but uh, it's about this Irish musician... Meets uh, a Czech woman in Ireland, um, and they start playing music together, and it's like a love story. But the soundtrack is amazing. It's amazing. He's, he, they're both great musicians in real like they're not actors. Yeah. They're basically playing themselves, fictionalized. And then I do believe they they went on to like actually become an item after the movie. And then I think so. There's a there's a there's another it's documentary fun. now called The Swell Season because that became the name of the band that they did together, which I have not watched. It's on Netflix now. I want to watch it, but. Great, great soundtrack. I think that's the band that does the hilarious video with Jason Segel, where he puts his phone number in it, I think. Maybe. I'll, I'll have to find it. We'll look it up. I think it is. Look but it they up. also, they made a Broadway play out of one. Yeah. yeah. It won Tonys, didn't it? Oh, yeah. Probably. Okay. All of the awards. The music's this, really good. That movie, every time I mention that I love August Rush, people are like, oh, well, obviously that's, you love once. Yeah. I'm like, that's no, I actually haven't, haven't seen it. Definitely check it out. Yeah. That was and, Hugh uh, Jackson when I was there. Oh. Once. Yeah. It was all about once. And if you've ever been to Ireland, it'll make you want to go back. It made me want to go back real bad. It takes I place in so Galway, bad. doesn't I it? I want yeah, to watch it. Which has a great yep. music scene. Yep. Yeah. If, <laughs> if you get a chance, go to Galway. <laughs> it's like the Boston of Ireland because there's a lot of colleges there. Yeah. Very young. Yeah. A lot of music everywhere. It's good. So unfortunately, I think we were actually even over time. Well over time. Well Nick over time. Nick has been so patient. Nick, you've been so patient. Thank you. 
Um, so let's quickly rattle off next week's DLC. It is a great week. Great week. Aaron, what do you got? Great week. I don't have the list in front of me. Uh, so we got three songs. So I will wing it. Uh, there's two singles from Foreigner uh, and a single from Nightwish. Uh, the Nightwish single is Amaranth, I believe, or Amaranth. One of the top requested bands from our rock band dashboard the number nine. List. Number nine band currently on the all-time community wish list. On the, uh, so if it doesn't board. sell bucket loads, it's your it's fault. It's the community's <laughs> fault, and we won't listen to any more of your requests. Yep. Because um, it's misleading, and you shouldn't do that to us. But keep <laughs> them coming. And the, uh, the two foreigner songs are I Want to Know What Love Is. I Want to Know What Love Is. Um, and I couldn't find it at first because I was searching for I Want to Know What Love Is, but that's not the name of the song. It's I Want to Know, not I Want to Know. <laughs> So, subtle distinction. Yes. Uh, just uh, you know, tossing that out there. Uh, and <laughs> Nick then the is other... confirming that by shaking his head. Yes. Good. Good confirmation. <laughs> Checks out. Uh, and the other Foreigner song is not written down uh, in front of me. Uh, God, we had it earlier. So, I've been waiting. I've been waiting for a girl like you. A girl like you. Yep. Good Foreigner song. Yep. That's how it is. <laughs> Those are going to be so That's good. Those are such like good karaoke songs yep. uh, and the Nightwish single has pro guitar upgrade great um, and we'll have all the other details on the forums and in the blog on the announcement so you can check there for key support and pricing and tune into RDM our live singles. stream you can see them tune into our live stream to see uh, DLC preview charts um, you'll like them you'll like them guaranteed yep alright well thanks for listening everybody do you have favorite music movies let us know what they are We'll be interested. We'll watch them. We'll watch we'll them and a movie get night. back to you. We'll braid each other's hair. Yes. <laughs> I will have to opt out of that one. <laughs> All right. Hello. Thanks for listening, everybody. Catch you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.